Driving back from Hicksville, not a word was spoken until Larry finally broke the silence when turning onto Boundary Avenue. That was quite a luncheon, wasn't it? We arrive with Italian pastries, and leave with an apartment building and two commercial properties. You are quite an accomplished negotiator. I should watch you work more often in court. Maybe I would learn something dealing with the people who give me grief. Secrets, I hate secrets. I wish people would just be honest. My whole life is dealing with people keeping secrets and telling lies. It's exhausting. At least Rebecca has no more secrets. We have no way of knowing what else she's been hiding all these years. She's only been in our lives since last month. I'm afraid she told us just enough to save her ass. But I must admit, it had the ring of truth. If we are going to be family, we need to move past this. Fortunately, being in-laws does not require us to be best friends. I intend to see as little of Rebecca Walsh as humanly possible. But you are definitely right Larry. That was a win for our family. At the same time, in Hicksville, Rebecca was lamenting the loss of thousands of dollars in monthly revenue from losing her rental income. What's going to happen now Robert? I just lost my only income, and I left my job at the paper a few months after Andrew died. It's been years since I've worked. How do you expect anyone to hire me at age 60? Newspapers are dying out anyway. What else can I do to make money? Rebecca, you are far from destitute. You have a beautiful home, all paid for, and two bank accounts that should last you as long as you live. In five years, you can collect social security. I know that it's not all that much, but it will certainly help pay for groceries and gas. And you can still look around for a job. You have skills. What are you talking about, Robert? I only have that one bank account, at Ridgewood Savings. How are you getting two accounts? Haven't I always been your accountant, Rebecca? Haven't you always trusted me to handle your finances, including the rental income? You should know that I've also invested your money. The stock market has been really good since 2012. In fact, I watch it closely. I sold off most of your stocks as the market started to tank, because of coronavirus, and deposited the cash into another account. I never told you I have a Fidelity account because, well, because I know you. You had plenty of money to live on. I deposited the bulk of your rental income to your account at Ridgewood. But I also added a small portion of that money to your stock portfolio. Come by next week, and I will show you how much that account has grown. I'm a damn good money man. Didn't you know that? Robert, it's wonderful that you invested my money, but why didn't you tell me? Because that was your rainy day fund. If you had paid attention to the tax returns you sign every year, you would have seen the 1099 form from Fidelity. But no, you sign the damn thing without looking and leave it to me to file. That's okay. If you can't trust me to look out for you who can you trust? Let's leave that money alone for now. When you need the money, it will be there. It's raining a little, but it's not pouring. Thank you Robert. We will survive this. You are right. I do have a beautiful house and money in the bank. I also had the love of Andrew for over 30 years. There is no price tag you can put on that. And best of all, I have Dennis, the light of my life, who is my son and best friend. But you are a very close second. Even though my dirty little secret was exposed, I remain free. And we will not face any legal action. I believe that Linda Rose will keep her word. She gets the buildings, and we get to breathe fresh air. It's a win for our side.
Linda Rose had given her word not to prosecute her new outlaw relatives, but she never promised to perpetuate Rebecca's rip-off conspiracy from the rest of her family. In deference to Emily's nuptial, she decided not to tell her daughter or Dennis that Rebecca and her brother were thieving bastards. She did however, feel that her mother deserved to know the truth. The fact that Andrew Thompson never fathered a child by Rebecca or anyone else was information her mother was entitled to know. She visited her mother the next Sunday, which was her usual weekly visiting day. She took her mother's hand and led her to the sofa. Without the usual pleasantries, Linda Rose got right to the point. Linda Rose recounted the whole story as she heard it from Rebecca and Robert. She explained to her mother how Rebecca duped her father into believing that Dennis was his son. She explained how her father set Rebecca up in a home to care for Dennis and also informed her that Dennis had a trust administered by Robert Walsh and controlled by Rebecca. She explained how her father set Rebecca up in a home to care for Dennis, then she rationalized her decision to keep Dennis's mother and uncle from going to jail in return for the properties Andrew entrusted to them for financial support. Linda Rose concluded that Dennis never would have become a doctor without her father's money. Instead of being astonished or angry, Alice was comforted. Linda Rose, maybe I'm being selfish, but I can't begin to tell you how relieved I am to learn that Andrew never made another woman pregnant. That might have been his intention, but it was definitely not God's. Isn't it also ironic? I wanted Andrew to have a son. I all but begged him to consider adoption. He adamantly professed that he would never be father to an adopted child. And here we have Dennis. Your father loved Dennis as his actual son, which he was, but wasn't, according to your father's deluded reasoning. God is one terrific jokester. As for the properties, let's begin a new trust for your son Lucas. That money can finance the rest of his college and graduate school. After that, we can help take care of any future grandkids. I certainly don't need the money. Your father always took care of me. I'm just too old and too comfortable, and too thankful, to worry about what could have been. I take great solace in the fact that you learned this truth before I died. And do you want to know the biggest irony of all? Dennis became a surgeon because of your daddy's money. And it was Dennis, who saved my life. We will never know if another doctor would have been able to do that. Dennis was fresh out of medical school, and I had the benefit of youth working with new technologies, in my favor. Now, thanks to you, we have the properties back, generating more income each month. And I'm still here to witness all the glory of God. It's a win for us. Emily had finally taken the bar, but had not yet received the news she was waiting on pins and needles to hear. She was not overly concerned. Instead, she thought about Thanksgiving. This would be her first Thanksgiving as a married woman, and she worried about cooking a turkey. Thanksgiving was always held at Grandma Thompson's house, until her grandfather passed away. After that, Linda Rose hosted Thanksgiving, inviting her mother to offer her culinary expertise. The day after Thanksgiving, everyone drove to Yonkers and had a second, less formal Thanksgiving at the other grandparents' home. Larry's parents were in their late 70s by this time, and the holiday get-together became more of a regular family dinner and less of a turkey extravaganza. In fact, Linda Rose had started, in recent years, calling ahead to tell her mother-in-law that she had plenty of leftovers they could warm up and not to bother cooking much of anything. This was just fine with Grandma Perino, who after being the Italian grandma and cooking every meal for umpteen years, was ready to turn the gobbler over to the next generation. Emily confessed her apprehension about Thanksgiving, but her mother put her at ease. Don't worry sweetie. 
Most newlyweds feel pressured at the holidays. I certainly did. Just pitch in and help grandma and me prepare the dinner. You'll be the apprentice cook. Hell, you'll probably have so much money that when the time comes to be on your own, you could hire a cook. I will never want that. Holidays are for the family. I wouldn't want strangers doing the work. What about their families? Shouldn't the cooks be home with them? I feel the same exact way. Mother, I have been thinking. Dennis and Rebecca usually have Thanksgiving with Robert Walsh's family since it was only the two of them. I think it would be nice to invite Rebecca. How do you feel about that? Linda Rose had never told her daughter about Rebecca's deceitful past. It had only been a couple of weeks since the shit hit the fan, and she wanted to give the unearthing time to settle. The transfer of properties and the new trust fund were still in legal limbo. The whole affair would be a fait accompli before very much longer, but Linda Rose felt that the time to make an announcement was not right. She and Larry wrestled over the idea of not outing Rebecca as a con artist at all, but both decided it would be hypocritical to cover up one lie with another. Of course. Ask Rebecca if you want. Is Dennis free on Thanksgiving? Yes, unfortunately, he has to work Christmas Day, so we will celebrate our first Christmas on the 24th. Upon hearing this Thanksgiving invitation by the Perinos, Rebecca wondered if they were crazy or if they just wanted to torture her some more. It had only been a couple of weeks earlier that the Perinos had their fangs out, with a police cruiser stationed in front of her house. Rebecca wondered if this dinner would become another occasion to bludgeon her with her past misdeeds. She would never trust the Perinos to protect her from her past actions. Linda Rose was a sanctimonious backbiter and could never be trusted with her newly discovered expose. Rebecca concluded that she had no alternative but to tell Dennis the truth about his paternity. The truth coming from her was the lesser of two evils. She called Dennis the day after receiving the holiday invitation. She decided to meet him at the embassy diner across from the hospital after his shift was over for the week. She knew he would have a few days off to get over the shock and hoped this would make the news more tolerable. It was during Dennis's first bite of coconut custard pie that his mother shamefully said the words. Dennis, Andrew Thompson was not your biological father. Dennis dropped his fork staring blankly at his mother. Did you hear me, Dennis? Yes. If it's true, why have you waited so long to tell me? I never ever wanted you to know. Andrew always thought he was your father, and I wanted to keep it that way. Andrew loved you dearly, and he was so good to you and me. I never wanted to destroy that love. He went to his grave believing you were his son. And after he died, I never felt you needed to know the truth. But now, Linda Rose Perino discovered that she was not your half-sister. She is a skeptical lawyer by nature, and kept digging until she discovered the truth. Dennis was a battle-scarred emergency room physician not easily unnerved. He took the news in the same controlled manner. He picked up his utensil to take another forkful of pie. And you anticipate Linda Rose breaking the news in grandiose fashion. I am assuming. You are thinking this will become Act 2 of last year's Christmas debacle. I agree with you, Mother. That is a definite and distinct possibility. Thank you for the heads up. And where is my biological father? I have no earthly idea. He was a one-night stand. I am embarrassed to say, I don't even remember his name. My finding out that I was pregnant coincided with my plans to conceive a child with your father. 
You know I always loved Andrew. You were witness to it. Are you finished? Eating, I mean. Dennis paid the bill and walked his mother to her car. He kissed her goodbye. Thank you for telling me before I heard it from someone else. It really doesn't change anything very much, does it? Rebecca drove herself home in stunned silence, even though talk radio was playing in the background. She was amazed at Dennis's undemonstrative reaction to the news. If she had only said something to him years earlier, all the drama could have been avoided. Emily was home when Dennis arrived after his lunch with his mother. She was busy organizing the new home she and Dennis had purchased. There were still plenty of boxes to unpack. The house was on waterfront property in Massapequa. The drive was a bit longer, but Dennis could still make it to the hospital in 15 or 20 minutes. He waited until they were cuddled in bed, warm and toasty, with Emily's head resting on her new husband's chest. Emily, I had an interesting conversation with my mother that I need to tell you about. It was rather shocking news, and I needed a little time to figure out how I felt about it. And am I good with it? Now, you've really, really piqued my interest. It does involve you, but it mostly impacts me. And boy, has it impacted my mother and even my uncle. Dennis spent the next few moments explaining everything he learned from his mother. Emily listened intently. Emily's mother had taken Rebecca's means of income. That couldn't be the best way to foster good family kinship. But Rebecca got what she deserved. Dennis agreed that what his mother did was totally wrong, but he also truly believed his mother's actions were the result of love and gratitude for Andrew's devotion. He realized how spurious that notion would seem to someone looking at the situation from the outside, with disbelief. Dennis loved his mother, and could never see her as a bad person. I cannot fault my mother for taking back property that rightfully should have been my grandmother's. Some would say, that she exhibited extraordinary restraint. At least the issue about being related has disappeared. The truth is, that was never a big deal for me anyway. But I know my father must be happy. Let's get back under the covers. Eventually, Thanksgiving arrived. Emily feared that her mother was still not over her ire, and wanted to use Thanksgiving to further embarrass Rebecca. She reverently hoped that she was wrong. Dinner was, in fact, cordial, and everyone seemed to be on their best behavior. The meal was mostly prepared by Linda Rose, but Rebecca and Emily insisted on placing a sweet potato casserole and a chocolate pecan pie on the buffet. After the meal was essentially complete, with only dessert left, Linda Rose told her new in-laws that their family had a Thanksgiving tradition of going around the table, offering thanks for their blessings that year. She insisted that as host, it was her prerogative to go last. With that said, she asked her son Lucas to start the ball rolling. Larry followed Lucas, Alice followed Larry, and Rebecca followed Alice. Each in turn basically said the same thing in a slightly different way. They were grateful for their family and for everyone's good health. Alice was especially thankful that the year 2020 found her fully recovered after the frightening visit to Dennis's emergency room the previous year. When it was Emily's turn, she had some welcome news she had kept to herself just for this occasion. Of course. You all know that I am most grateful for marrying the love of my life two months ago. But I am also thankful for the notification I received, telling me that I passed the New York bar, on my first attempt, don't you know? Her parents and grandmother rose to hug Emily, with Larry visibly touched by the news. After a few moments of accolades, Emily insisted that everyone take a seat. She glanced up at Dennis, who was smiling proudly, and Rebecca offered her heartfelt congratulations. 
Despite all the rancor she and Linda Rose had suffered, Rebecca felt a genuine affection for Emily. Rebecca only hoped that Linda Rose would not use her moment of thanks to unmask her in this family gathering. Okay, Dennis, now it's your turn. What are you grateful for, as if I didn't already know? Emily said this, having no idea that Dennis was about to deliver a formal Thanksgiving address. This has been quite a year for me, and there is so much for which I am thankful. First and foremost, I am thankful for having met my beautiful wife, Emily. It's still hard for me to say wife. I am thankful that fate brought Alice Thompson into the emergency room while I was on call. And to see Alice here with us now lifts up my heart. Through Alice, I met my long-concealed family. I am jubilant knowing that I have a sister and a nephew that I never knew existed. Accepting Rebecca and me here today for Thanksgiving speaks volumes to your magnanimity. And finally, I will be indebted forever to Andrew Thompson. Even though he was not my biological father, he was my father in every other sense of the word. He guided me for 25 years until the sad day he had to leave us. That was long enough for him to know that I would be a doctor one day. He wanted that for me, and I am thankful his deceit never tore apart either of his two families. Andrew Thompson could no more leave his wife Alice and his daughter than I could abandon my own mother knowing that she was complicit in Andrew's intrigue to have another child. My father was misguided about one thing. He thought it was paramount to leave his bloodline and his name for posterity. Isn't it ironic? To me, Andrew Thompson left his name but not his bloodline. And Linda Rose, Andrew left his bloodline, but not his name. But God is not finished. One day, if our Heavenly Fathers bless us, Emily and I will have children. Maybe he will have his name and bloodline kept alive through them. I hope you will all forgive my discourse. I was compelled to speak my mind. Linda Rose, and Larry and Lucas, and particularly you, Alice, are my family. I see my father in you all, and I know that you must see him in me. I am thankful having you in my life and pray that you can forgive the shameful deeds that brought us all together. My God in heaven, Emily thought to herself, where did that Dennis Thompson come from? This was a side of him she had never seen. But she was proud that he said what he did. If her mother expected to expose Rebecca as a Jezebel, Dennis took the wind out of that sail. Rebecca's confession probably saved herself from Linda Rose's bottled-up wrath. Dennis's sincerity must have touched her mother and grandmother. Emily hoped that this day marked a new beginning. When it was Linda Rose's turn to express thanks, the articulately verbose lawyer could only say, I ditto the sentiments of my new son-in-law. Alice Thompson surveyed the faces of her stunned family. They were not stunned over the news that Dennis was no longer biologically attached to their family. Everyone except Lucas had already learned that fact, 
after Linda Rose had confronted Rebecca. But everyone was amazed to learn that Dennis knew that Andrew was not his father. Neither Alice nor Linda Rose predicted that Rebecca had the backbone to admit her deceitfulness to Dennis. And Dennis's total acceptance of Andrew being his real father was embraced by Alice. If only Andrew had accepted the idea that being an adoptive parent was a state of mind. Andrew loved his non-biological son unconditionally. If he had known the truth, could Andrew have loved Dennis less? In any event, Alice quietly reveled in the absurdity of her deceased husband's machismo. Alice's own protracted secret had eclipsed Rebecca's in both longevity and clandestineness. Alice hearkened back to the time when everyone saw Andrew's likeness in Linda Rose's face, knowing herself, how faked out everyone was, seeing only what they wanted to see. Alice's faraway look caught the attention of Linda Rose's gaze, fetching her mother back to the present. If only Andrew had been open to adoption when they were having trouble conceiving a child, how different things would have turned out. But then, the beautiful family sitting at the table would have been a different family, or worse, Alice could have been totally alone. For Alice knew, almost from the start, that for her to have the child she so desperately wanted, Andrew could not deliver. The very idea that the prim and proper Alice Maloney Thompson could have ventured outside her marriage to find a backdoor man was inconceivable. For Alice always knew in her heart that Andrew was incapable of fathering a child. Alice had always known that a secret between two people was impossible to keep unless the second person was either dead or a clueless stranger. Mother, what are you smiling at? Oh, nothing, sweetie. I was only thinking about a toad.